0: alright alright welcome back everybody to another episode of I think I'm doing this right this is your girl Bree and I know that I'm just figuring out how to do this solo parent thing I know you're figuring it out so why not we try to figure it out together tonight's episode your girl is back with her equipment setup, and I had no excuses um I know that last week's episode just got published that it's my fault. I thought it was up, but blame it to my head as always and not my heart. But here we are again, and it is official. I'm back in my my <laughs> recording desk space. Um, I like my current home because it has afforded me uh, the ability to sit in a quiet space now. I think I intentionally like some shenanigans when it comes to recording because before I was recording in my living room of my old house, and then I moved to my bedroom of my old house, and now I am back in the living room family area, Um, and now instead of street noise, (laughs) I am below the loudest clock I have in my house, so... Again, shenanigans. It, I wouldn't be me if I didn't have a little bit of it, however. Let me get comfortable. I do not have any tea tonight, as far as actual, literal drinking tea. Um, I have my water here, and I think that's just what's gonna do it for me. I am getting back into the swing of things with recording, so again. Y'all just bear with me as I am brushing the cobwebs off. Your girl is trying to get back into it. Today's episode, I really want to talk about like being fearless. And I know a lot of people don't understand what being fearless really is. And I know about being fearless not because I've you know, have some innate superpower, like something like that was just in me. I just, I guess I just had to learn how to be fearless because I had no other choice. And I think that's true fearlessness is when you are in a position where your back is against the wall and you are just like your fight or flight kind of ideology. And then you just kind of push through it and then you come through better on the other side. And really specifically, when I think about fearlessness, I think about all the obstacles that I've overcome as a solo parent and just how people talk to me, yo. (laughs) It just be crazy. It's crazy. And if you think about it as a person, as a woman, people talk to you crazy all the time and just expect you to just eat that shit. They just expect you to just, you know, like suck it up and deal with it. And then when you take a step away from the situation, you'd be like, yo, that's fucking wild. Like, you feel that comfortable talking to me like that. And uh, some people are like, you know, you invite them to the conversation. Um, and then if you are, if you shut it down and you're like, nah, you're not going to talk to me like that. Then all of a sudden you're a bitch. So it's like it's catch 22. But really like getting back to the whole like fearlessness of it. I have just been in this space recently, um, PMSing, that's just real, is what it is. Um, And I've just really been not in my feelings. It's been a very interesting space. I know myself well enough now that I can call myself on my shit. Um, I was really emotional about some things Um, But I immediately identified it like I was in my car the other day and I was just frustrated and I could just like I felt myself getting about to get riled up over some stupidness that somebody had messaged me. And I was like, man, I'm about to pour some energy into this and it really doesn't warrant any of my energy. And then I was just like, yo. You feel like this right now because you about to start your period soon. And you (laughs) pms And real, like, I really had this conversation with myself. And I was like, you ain't your feelings. And all of this shit is trivial. It's just very, very small. And so you should just walk away from it. Just let it go. And I did. And I kept pushing through. And um, I started thinking about music that I like. And I started thinking about like old school 90s music that I used to walk to. So I'm, your girl's really big in the gym right now. Like I'm back in the gym. I'm down a few pounds, um, more than a couple pounds now. I'm like in the fives. I'm about to get up to tens in a couple weeks. Well, and it's a slow process, but I have not gained any weight back. So this is why I'm proud of this low weight loss because girl ain't no weight back. But anyways... I was thinking about, like, music that I used to walk to back in the day. And then um, every time I would think about a song, it would just, I would feel happy in my body. You ever felt happy? Like, you know, like, (laughs) when I think of Music Soul Child, like, the original, like, when music first came out, Music Soul Child first came out, he was popping. He had, like, three albums back-to-back that was just, like, bangers you know like early 2000s like music soul child was the shit and so i was thinking about like man i remember um the song love by music <laughs> I'm not about to sing for y'all, but it was like, love, so many things I've got to tell you, but I'm afraid I don't know how. Like that song got to me and I was (laughs) thinking about it at work all day and I was like, man, I haven't heard the song in years, literally. Like I had not heard the song in like more than a year. And so I Googled it google good old google um and then i went and i downloaded it so i download that and then i came across all these other songs and i was like oh yeah remember this you remember this and i started thinking of all these different songs and i just started feeling better and then i just like in that space i just realized like how much energy we invest into things because we feel it in our bodies So when we're mad, when we're scared, when we're hurt, we, we attribute it to a feeling like, and, and music can do the same thing. Music can trigger, like when you're mad, you're like, oh, this song, every time I hear this, it just be amping me up. Like people talk about like, yeah, when I'm about to fight, this made me think of being ready to fight. And I was like, I don't want none of that. Like, all I want to think about is love and happiness and peace and I just started looking for that music. I started looking for those songs, and I was really, really happy about it. So I started feeling good, right? And um, that's really helped me get over. Sorry, I thought my kid had woke up. Y'all know my favorite thing to do is sit with my... (laughs) If I haven't told y'all before, I sit in the wrong position because my back is to the door where or the doorway rather than my son will come through if he woke up so it should be the other way around so I can see him instead of just listening with my headphones on like a weirdo but anyways um so we were talking about like how music makes you feel happy sad or indifferent whatever and so when i was in my feelings last week about all the different things that i was thinking about from work to my personal life everything i immediately was able to shift my energy but there was a time when i wasn't able to do that there was uh, several times in my adult life when i became a parent where I was just very, very gray. Like, I was very depressed, and I was very sad and lonely and scared, and music exasperated. that. Like, it just made it so much worse. And um, in that moment, in those moments, all I wanted to do was just get out of it. This is going to be real corny, y'all, but my... (laughs) Me and my son love watching kids' movies. If you are a parent, you are probably a part of this group. You, or maybe you're not. You're just like, I absolutely, know, under no circumstance, am I watching a movie with my kids. Or at least getting into it. I am not that parent. I am truly getting into it. So we saw Frozen 2. <laughs> and spoiler alert, I'm about to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it. There is a song in the movie where it says, do the next best thing. And that song truly brought me to tears the first time I heard it. And like I said, this is corny. But it brought me to tears because she's singing and she's literally saying, like, I'm scared. I'm alone. She thought her sister was gone. Her friends were gone. Her man was gone. (laughs) Like, everything was gone. And I just related to that in so many ways. And I think that a lot of us can And she said, "Um, what can I do right now when I have nothing else to do? Like I have nowhere else to go. I don't know what else to do. But she was like, just do the next best thing. Take one more step. I'm paraphrasing, this is not literally the lyrics. But she's like, just take one more step. Just reach for the next, you know, the next level on the rock, like just to pull yourself up just a little bit more. And that was me climbing out of a hole five years ago and I know I go back to this but I know that this is a relevant story for many people and this is pretty much what this is about like figuring it out but I know that I was pulling myself up out of a dark space and literally I was living day by day just had my pain on replay and I still in many ways have my pain on replay but every day I do the next best thing I'm like okay I figured out today now I gotta get up for tomorrow I figured out how to go to work Now I got to figure out how to save this money. I figured out how to buy this car. Now I got to figure out how to get this house. I figured out how to get out of this relationship. Now I got to figure out how to keep myself together and from falling apart. And that's what my life has been for, for five years. Has been figuring out the next best thing. like The next step. And that's what fear feels like to me is all the walls have closed in except for one small space. Just enough for me to get through. Just enough for me to get through. Now here's where perspective comes in. From the outside looking in, I have plenty of space to go. Things look great. Like, all you got to do is just get up. From the inside looking out, it's a very narrow tunnel and I feel like my body and the baggage that I have is more than enough that is way more than it's going to fit through that little space so it's all about perspective but then it's also about your determination and how willing you are to push through how willing you are to not take no for an answer how willing you are to go find another route And I think that speaks to my resilience. And I'm going to give myself my own pat on the back. Because when somebody expects you, you know, it was funny. I had an ex of mine years ago say, you never let me help you. And I was just like, and I've said this before, but that really baffled me. Because there were instances where he said, you need to ask me when you need something I'm not that type of girl you already know that if I see somebody hungry I'm going to ask if they want some food to eat if I see someone that's cold I'm going to ask would you like a jacket because I'm cognizant enough to see when someone's in need and sometimes People are in a position where they don't know how to ask for help. But if you see it and you don't say something, then in my opinion, you are just as fucked up as that person because they are on the lowest end where they are in need and you are on the higher end where you can give. And yet you say, I'm not giving to you unless you ask me for it. It's almost like a power struggle in some situations. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like, I don't know how to help you unless you tell me. But in this circumstance, I really felt like you saw me and you let me go through my struggle. You let me go through my pain. And it's not just my ex, it's my family who attributed to this too. And when I got out of it, they were like, See, look, it wasn't that bad, was it? But, um, you know, it it was funny because I was like, you know, this person telling me that I never let them help me. And that really bothered him. And I was, you know, I appreciate him saying that now because that lets me know that you need a woman who needs you. And I don't want to need anybody. Because my God and the universe provides. So... I want someone who is willing to be generous on their own without me asking because I know what it's like to be in need and no one helping me. And I, you know, I just, I feel like that is such a, truth be told, is such a sensitive area for me, for someone to see when I'm in need and still not help. And someone, you know, I've had situations where my family has seen me in need and I've had to beg for help. I've had to beg for help. And it's unfortunate, but it's taught me a lot. It's taught me how to not be afraid. Of failure, it's taught me how to not be afraid of falling on my face. It's taught me how to be be brave enough to say like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna wait for somebody to give me a handout. I'm not gonna ask you for a handout. I'm either gonna ask you for a hand up, or I'm gonna ask you for directions." Because I don't like being told no, and that's just real. You can tell me not now, or what I can do. But when I get told no, bruh, I see where my son gets it from (laughs) because no is not in our vocabulary. I can is not in my vocabulary. That's not something I believe in. It might be not now or it might be not this way or it might not be this avenue, but no is not an option. And I just wish that more people understood like fear is built on no fears built on no you know my my son's father told me no I'm not gonna help you like in so many words when I was pregnant he said I would be there and then he said no I'm not gonna help you so for those mothers who know what it's like for a man to tell you no I'm not gonna be there and then you really want more than anything for that man to be there guess what boo pick your shit up If he says, no, he's not going to help you. That's okay. Find another way and keep doing what you got to do because your kids, your kids don't understand. No. So it just became a, a, a way of life. Like that was scary. Like somebody put me in a situation where the door was closed and I had to figure it out. And I was like, uh, uh, but, uh, girl, get your shit together. Pick up your stuff. Let's go. And that's what I did. And the whole idea of fear is like me protecting other people's feelings. Or me trying not to, tr- me treading so lightly that I'm hurting myself. It's just, it makes no sense. I lived in the fear when you are afraid. You close yourself in to the box. You shut the door to your own box. But when you say, like, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyways, have that level of courage. But, bruh, not even, I'm trying to say girl, then I was going to say boy, and then I'm like, bruh, good, bruh, bruh. <laughs> it's, you just become unstoppable. And then in, in your journey You are going to be told no So many times You're going to be told that you're trash You're going to be told that This is your fault That things are bad because of you You're going to be told that you suck You're going to be told that you're the reason For all the problems Do your work Don't be afraid And just keep pushing But do your work So I've been afraid um, For a while now Of writing Really releasing this book And um, I'm gonna do it (laughs) y'all I'm gonna release this book It's gonna hurt some feelings It is going to um, Ruffle some feathers it is going i'm going to say some things about men that y'all just not going to like i'm going to say some things about people that they're just not going to like you know personally i think it's this is me personally i think it's fucked up when families see someone struggling and give no type of help or the help that they give they it's well this is you know how i'm going to help you You know, for instance, um, you know, there are different ways. Like I I see people enable, you know, people all the time. I see people enable children, like grown children all the time. So I'm not saying that like enabling by meaning, um, mom, I want you to keep my son for a week while I go party in Vegas. Or I want you to keep my daughter for a week because I don't have a daughter, but I'm just using this, but I want you to keep my daughter for a week while I'm working, um, even though I work normal business hours. Like, no, <laughs> that's not her responsibility. Keeping your child day and night. She already raised her kids. She did her job. No, I'm sorry. It's going to hurt people's feelings, but the truth of the matter is that's your child. Now. Here is where help is beneficial. I am a solo parent by day-to-day experience. I'm co-parenting, yes. I'm learning to co-parent, but in all my endeavors, I am a solo parent. So that means my son being sick right now I am the caregiver I am the nurse the mommy I'm the disciplinarian I gotta keep him clean and clothed and fed and I gotta get his hair cut and get him new clothes for picture day and pay for said pictures and also pay tuition for him to go to school drop him off to school pick him up and make sure that he is safe in the house that I pay rent for so if someone were to say, can you keep him on a Friday night so that I could be a sane person <laughs> for three hours, that, my friends, is called help. <laughs> help. <laughs> it, does, it does nothing to you. It does nothing to you to just help or even help. Can you give me a call and say, hey, I'll keep him for a couple hours so you can have some free time. Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but you can you can drop him off over here. I'll keep him for the weekend so you can get your stuff together. Whatever you want to do, whatever you need to do. That's help. I'm tired of us as a community of people forgetting the fact that you need a fucking community to raise your kids. You need a, I need a community. My community has gotten so narrow that y'all know this. I've said this before that I've had to go out and find another community just to help me raise my son. And again, I said, this is not going to be a pleasant conversation. This might not be a pleasant book for some people to read. But the truth of the matter is my community extended further than my family. Because I don't like hearing no. And I got my shit together enough to say that. My next child, I can afford a nanny. So here we are. I used to be afraid to say stuff like that. I used to be afraid that if I said that somebody would hear it and they'd be upset and they want to have a conversation about it. But now I welcome the conversations. I'm just too I won't even say I'm too tired it's just shit's old people you know like on my job they're like oh you don't I don't disrupt this and don't disrupt that and you can't say this and you can't say that it's like business let business be business this is not personal everything I'm saying right now take that as business the business of raising a child. The business of these are my feelings, and this is not personal. I'm not trying to make a personal attack on anybody. But the reality of the situation is, we as a community think that it's okay to publicly shame and belittle and berate single mothers or solo mothers, and you know, just kind of uh, what do you vilify them? Oh, she, she must've did something wrong or what's wrong with her. And then on the other hand, you have this whole other side where people are empathetic, like, Oh, well, you know, her life's in shambles. Cause she's a single mother. No, cut all that shit out, cut, cut all the noise out. And let's start like actively doing things to improve our community, to comp- improve the lives of our children. Like, We sit up here and we tread so lightly on the dumbest shit. But when it's time to really like step up and do something that matters or step up and do something in a situation for a solo parent or um, anybody that matters, like we don't, we don't, we just sit back and we're just like, I'm going to see how this plays out. And then you want to rejoice when they win or you want to mock them when they lose Like that shit is tired man It's old We are afraid Like as I can speak for many solo parents And say that we are afraid most days I've been there When I had six dollars in my account And a nigga wouldn't answer the fucking phone To help me with my son That is what fear looks like I don't know how I'm gonna make it through the rest of the week And I don't want to talk to my family about it because I've already been ridiculed enough. That's what fear looks like. And it's not even the path that I wanted to take in this conversation. But I, sometimes I just feel like when the, when the mood move moves me, like I just got to say what I got to say. It's just tired. Like the narrative of black men not taking care of their children is tired it's tired the narrative that getting mental health and taking care of your mental health and wellness it makes you crazy it makes you this. Or, it's tired it is grown men. there are grown men out here dealing with childhood traumas growing up as these grown boys trying to fuck up somebody else's daughter because they ain't dealt with they shit from 20 years ago they still talking like they 12 years old because they won't deal with their baggage that they walking around life in in a fucking backpack that they carry around not a literal backpack but a figurative backpack of just loaded up of misogyny and prejudice stereotypes against women like you, you walking around with this shit and you walk into a woman's life and you destroy her or you attempt to And then when she says, no, not today, now she all kind of bitches, she this and she that. And women, us too. I was walking around with baggage abandonment issues from my father for years, for more than a decade. For more than 10 years walking around dealing with trifling ass men because I had not fully dealt with my father abandoning me. And then people telling me, my father was on his deathbed and I was helping him. People were like, nah, fuck that. I would have said, fuck him. But that's not me. That's not how I move. And it was because I'm planting seeds that were bigger than me. I was planting roots somewhere that did not have anything to do with my father, but had more to do with me and the woman that I was becoming. So I knew I had to trust the process. But it's women out here still carrying baggage from their mother, childhood trauma from their mother, from their father, from an uncle who touched them or anything for that matter. Childhood trauma of shit that you made up because you was a spoiled ass brat and you done made up. You had this terrible ass life. Now the world owes you something. No, get yourself some help. Get yourself some mental health, mental health care and get yourself together so you can stop damaging somebody's son ladies so you can stop damaging somebody's daughter fellas so you can stop doing just generational genocide over some shit that you could clearly sit on somebody's couch compartmentalize work that shit out and be a productive citizen in our community helping our children everything I do I do for my son all the sage I burn in my house, all the days that I meditate, all the days I get up and sometimes go into a space that I do not want to be at, I do for my son. Every word that I've written, I write for my son. Every book that I, you know, think about and dream about, I do for my son and for my other children. May the may God in heaven bless me with them. But everything I do, I do with the thought in mind that how will my son be affected by this? And is this going to uplift him in some way? And uplift by meaning, am I telling my truth? Am I telling the truth of what is going to help somebody? That's all my life's journey is. I've known that for years. I've known that my life's journey is to help people. Period. Now this passion project of mine of recording is really just me pouring into my gift and believing that one day this is going to manifest into something greater. So here we are. This was a very interesting chat tonight. I'm going to end this here because it is getting late. I still need to read some of um, I'm re- rereading the four agreements. Um, I need to read some more of my book. I need to also write something for um, my book that I'm going to release. And I just, the more I think about it, it's calling me and it tells me like, you have to release this book. I want to tell you more about it as I get closer to the release date, but um, just know that there is a book in the works that's coming, that it's going to be very beneficial to solo parents, co-parents and just kind of telling my story and, um, in an interesting way, I decided to make it a fictional story based on true events because I think that will be better served. <laughs> so, yes, um, I appreciate you all for listening. I, baby steps, y'all, like baby steps. I don't have my website up, but follow me on Instagram at Brie Lately, B R E L A T E L A T E L Y, because I can spell. <laughs> Brie Lately or um, AB underscore right correct spelling. A is an apple, B is in boy underscore W R I T E S A L L on Instagram. Um, my website will be up soon and I will have that back out. Check out my books, Liars Involved or Seven Short Breaths by A. Brie Seven short breaths, like breathing. <laughs> on Amazon or wherever um, you buy your books online I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart to the moon and back like you guys do not understand for those of you who are still listening added listeners you are appreciated and yeah I'm uh sorry not sorry <laughs> so Have a super fantastic night. You're the best part of this show. All right, y'all. Peace. And I do apologize for ending so abruptly because, like, the thoughts just kind of stopped. So here we are. All right. Bye.